All right, we are live, everybody. Welcome back to the Whiskey Jedi podcast here on my channel. I am Jake Berlin, and I'm joined today um, by someone who I just officially met about five minutes ago. Uh, and we are finally getting a chance to talk to each other about Star Wars, whiskey, everything that we uh, have in common. And that is Mark Moose Haas. How you doing? Good, man. Now, Jake, I have you a choice for you. You either have a bottle of Basil Hayden oh, or you God. can have Yoda's lightsaber. But you can only choose one. <laughs> the one I you mean, do, is, pal. is that the right thing to do is make me choose one? <laughs> i'm sure we'll talk about that here well, i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure we'll talk about it uh if it's specifically yoda's lightsaber i might go with the whiskey though so um no. maybe, maybe that's something that comes back up uh but yeah no look a uh you you've popped in a couple of the chats here over the last couple of weeks and uh, i realize that we have a lot in common mainly alcohol uh whiskey <laughs> and craft beers um obviously the schmodown uh, as i am part of a, uh, a certain point of view and you compete in the schmodown um but yeah, it's it's an absolute blast to finally get to talk to you, talk Star Wars as well, and such a perfect episode to finally get you on too. Right. Yes, this episode <laughs> was fantastic, and thank you so much for having me on the show. It's always fun to come on these shows, and I'm always humbled by anybody who gives a shit about what I have to say. So thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So what we have today is we're pairing Star Wars um, and the Book of Boba Fett with Basil Hayden's bourbon, which was Mark's uh, choice of the week here. Um, so a little background. I mean, is this one of your favorites? Is this something that you're trying for the first time? Do you have history with this at all? <laughs> so I was introduced to Basil Hayden when I didn't really appreciate good whiskey. Uh, ah, at, okay. that, at that point in my life, whiskey was basically to be used to get me drunk. Um, <laughs> and so whiskey was either mixed with Coke or it was taken in shots. Fair. And fair, I was fair. given a I was given an awesome bottle of a Basil Hayden by a uh, friend of mine, and uh, it sat on my shelf for years. And then I re-explored <laughs> it when I started to get into whiskey again, and it has become a favorite. It's an awesome bourbon to be able to mix cocktails with. Mm -hmm. They also have like a dark rye version of it as well. I happen to have both because... Nice. Yeah, I'm an alcoholic. Nice. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the dark rye, if you ever wanted to make like just a killer old-fashioned that is unique to any old fashions you've ever had invest in the basil hayden dark rye what it's solid solid uh old fashioned that you can make for yourself and i see you've already poured the glass so i might as well i have poured the glass too. i get going quick here um it's it's been a day at the office which i'm sure it has been for you as well and a, a nice glass of whiskey sounded nice as early as possible so um i'm here for it yeah cheers thank you for coming on again mark i appreciate it thank you for having me yeah so, uh, yes, we are obviously here to talk the Book of Boba Fett and specifically episode six. But before we get to that, because you haven't had a chance to talk about the season or series, whether or not it's one or two seasons, um, have you been feeling Boba Fett? Have you kind of had reservations about it so far? How are you about it so far? Okay, so I am 60% thrilled with it, 40% <laughs> on the fence about uh okay. i i think like most probably my biggest criticism of the season for the book of boba fett is is the mod squad or the mod gang right uh they're just and i see that khan is in the chat so i'm gonna throw this <laughs> to him because uh he's gonna know where i'm going with this but you let robert rodriguez direct this episode and he turned a very interesting 
addition to Star Wars lore with these modified humans, uh, mm-hmm. these people who add and graft, you know, or replace pieces of their own body with, you know, uh, with droids uh, technology. And I get that they wanted to go with the mods and the mod gang. And I understand that mod gangs in our culture are people who take Vespas and scooters and they modify them and they add all kinds of lights and mirrors. And he spy kid the mod gang is <laughs> that's probably I see a lot of people going with the Power Rangers. Yeah. Power yeah. Rangers too. Sure. Absolutely. But absolutely. It was Robert Rodriguez pulled the spy kids on us and it looked that way. It kind of felt that way. Even the modifications, I thought it was a very cool, interesting addition. I thought that Boba Fett hired them. I, I loved that. I love Boba Fett's like turn into this. He's had enough, like death and destruction caused at his hands that really he'd like to almost be kind of the good guy. I mean, mind you, he's a daimyo, so he's not that good of a guy, but still for what was once the most feared bounty hunter in, or was he talk about that a little bit (laughs) later, but (laughs) yeah. Um, Yeah. I do find it a very interesting turn. Uh, I, you know, it, it, like most people in Gaga about the Mandalorian, uh, I was so thrilled to see Boba Fett come back. Um, in the Mandalorian series, I like that they started with a lot of a retcon uh, for Boba Fett's story, and there was a lot of this flashback. Um, I think he spent too much time in a back to tank, and uh, yeah. I'm curious to see uh, where we go with the Mod Squad, like how much that plays into what obviously is going to be a, come a you know a big fight with uh, with the Pikes. But yeah, yeah. Um, so far I've I've very much enjoyed it. I understand also why Disney has incorporated the Mandalorian a little bit more and has kind of Shanghai the series. I mean, it is a business at the end of the day. And uh, I often look at some of these shows and how it's marketed and the Mandalorian and Din Djarin is the most popular Star Wars character in lore right now. Mm-hmm. And so absolutely, they're going to push that in there because I, I do think that there has been some criticism over the book of Boba Fett in that it's relying too much on old nostalgia. It's, you know, purely fan service and it's not for the casual viewer who enjoys the Mandalorian. And that's really their only introduction into star Wars. So I know that it's called the book of Boba Fett. And I know that there's been a lot of criticism that, Oh, you know, it's been hijacked by the Mandalorian. Yeah. Come on, man. He's the most popular character. You got to incorporate some, some Grogu in there. So I'm totally on board. Uh, I love what they've done with Boba. I love the Maori take that they have done on him. Green, I love the full yep. three, 360 like thought process when it came to sand people. You know, sand people you just always assumed were mindless assholes. Uh, and they're not. They're tribe related. You know, it, yep. it, it varies. It like the whole uh, like ceremony, like almost like the katra that he's doing at the end of episode two where he earns his stick and like, it's, it's very Maori. And I actually think that tomorrow Morrison probably has infused a lot of that culture into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I've actually very much enjoyed that. I, one of my oldest friends is a Maori. Um, and so I've called him and he is not a star Wars fan, but he will watch the show because Morrison is on it. So that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. It's very cool. You know, asking his take about that. He's like, Oh yeah, that's totally true predict uh that's, like that's really uh, cool Maori. That's very cool to hear just because it's, it's such a conversation online and, and hearing, you know, that it is impacting real life, obviously, and 
and to, having Tamira there is a huge asset, clearly. Um, but w- what a what a cool way to kind of infuse the series, like you said, of of bringing a cultural aspect to it, all cultural res- perspective to not just Boba, but also to like you said, the Sand People, and, and giving them, for lack of a better word, their, their humanization. Right? They yes. they were able to humanize them. Um, and they're not the people who do shoot at pod racers from the top of a cliff, you know, or or capture older women like, you know, Anakin's mother, stuff like that. So um, it's it's been great in that aspect. I do agree with the mods. The mods are a little weird uh, the way they went about it. The idea is brilliant, but it yes. was kind of just cheesy in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I see I see cons. Spy Kids is amazing. I'll be taking no questions at that time. Fair. But Star Wars yeah. are very different. <laughs> Spy Kids and Star Wars are very different. So, yes. um, but yes. yeah, look, we, we, we have a lot to talk about with this specific episode. Episode six. Um, again, not a ton. Like, we got more Boba in this episode than last episode. But it's solely focused <laughs> on everything that is Mando and, much to our surprise, Luke, Grogu, Ahsoka, and then obviously the big reveal of one Cad Bane. Um, coming in in Star Wars live action, which we will definitely get to. But Mark, I want to hand it off to you, man. What is like the one thing that you really want to talk about with this episode? The one thing that like pops? Is it Cad Bane? Is it Luke and Grogu? Like what's going on in your head? (sighs) Okay, so the biggest thing that pops of it, which is probably my favorite scene of the season so far, is is the Cad Bane scene. Um, Let's just get into it. Yeah, okay, let's start there. We got so much to cover, but let's start right here with Cad Bane. Uh, Because it's just so, the way that it is set up, I mean, it is almost like beautifully written, filmed. Mm -hmm. It's such Mm -hmm. a cool introduction to this bounty hunter who already is a badass, but just (laughs) the way that they bring him into this universe. And he fits so perfectly. I mean, obviously, you know, he's got the Lee Van Cleef look to him. And he always has. And he's always been kind of the more prototypical, like, Western gunslinger. Yeah. And this is definitely a Mandalorian episode. This is a Din Djarin episode, for sure. And they have taken great strides to make the Mandalorian feel very Western. Uh, I mean, to the point where, you know, there's been several quick draw battles between Din and uh, and someone else. And uh, this was just so freaking well done. And I, I've seen criticism about, you know, how CAD has looked, but come on, man, there is no doubt. They nailed his look. They had Corey Burton back voicing him, the which voice is another. Is all that I care about. The voice is yes. all I care about. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and you know what? He, he made a statement very quickly. I mean, that scene is probably two minutes tops. Mm-hmm. And in that two minutes, you're going, oh, damn, the Pikes brought their game. <laughs> yeah. Like, they went and hired Bane. Like, this guy's, this guy's no joke. This guy used to fight Jedi. You know, I, it, he can hold his own. And for them to step it up that notch is incredible. Well, and I and, actually and... personally think that he, he wounded Cobb Van. I mean, yes, I, I, you know, if you listen, if you have subtitles, you know that Cobb survived. But yeah. uh, additionally, I actually think that that was part of the message. He wounded him and then he only shot him once. He turned around and went to fucking town on the oh deputy. That, that yeah, dude is and ensured that dude was dead. 
yeah, gone. Done. Like he, he is, he is hundred percent done for the deputy is no longer deputy. He three, four shots to the chest, the same exact spot. You're gone. You're just done. Yeah. Um, that, that yeah. was a statement, not just for, for Cobb seeing CAD, but also for us fans, for us who, uh, maybe those who have never seen CAD Bane before, who don't have the experience yeah. of the Clone Wars, right. Of, of who this character is or the Bad Batch. Cause I, I did forget that he wasn't the Bad Batch. Um, and yeah, you, you're right. This, this guy's the biggest badass that we've met so far in the series. For those who maybe didn't watch the Clone Wars, the first time we ever saw this character, he stole a Jedi holocron from the Jedi Temple. Right. Put it that way. That's how right. big of a badass that this guy is. He went into the Jedi Temple and stole a Jedi holocron. Like, there's only one person I could probably say that's ever done that, and that's Cad Bane. Um, yeah. I, I disagree with everyone, you know, saying the whole stuff about the look. Like, look, everyone has iterations in live action to animation. The Clone yeah. Wars style is incredibly different to live action. He's going to look a little different. It's okay. It's also like 20 to 30 years in the future. The dude's skin probably dried out a little bit. Let's be honest. Right. right? He's, right. he's a little older. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. It's I said this uh, a little earlier today. There is, in my mind, there's only one character who can walk out from the sands of Tatooine like that, and it's Cad Bane. Like, yes. it it just fit uh, the Western vibe. Clearly, the Clint Eastwood, like, inspiration of the whole gunslinger yes. shootout style. It just, and, and to go up against Cobb Vanth and make a statement, and now he has that that instant, like, uh, connection of helping Din and the group going forward in the next episode, right? He's obviously going to want to help right. himself now that Cat is has shot him, wounded him, come after the deputy, has come into his town. Um, but yeah, it's never in my wildest dreams what I thought this would ever come true, but we officially have Cadman in live action. He's working for the Pikes, and he's going to be fighting the likes of Boba Fett, Din Djarin, Black Kersantan, Fennec Shand, all of these characters we have in this group. It just it makes me wonder who else is possibly going to show up alongside of them, if anybody. Right, yeah. Uh, at one point during that scene, did you know it was him? The second that we saw the shadow. Oh, nice. It, yeah. it, it, I just, I don't know what it was. I, maybe it was just like my, my anticipation for the character showing up at some point. But the second you see that shadow to me, it's so cowboyish that I was like, yes. it's only one character. Like it has yeah. to be one character walking out of the desert. It can't be Boba we just saw Din left. Like, who else could it really have been that's in the, uh, like this bounty hunter underworld thing that we're seeing on Tatooine? And it mm -hmm. it just made sense that it was Cad. And I was like, oh my god, oh my, it's happening. And then I heard yeah. the voice, and I just I lost it. I lost it. Yeah. Once the voice was there, it was total game over. Total game. Over. Oh, for sure, for sure. Oh, I love it. that scene. Is <laughs> like I said. I mean, far none, unless. Next week, you know, we get Boba riding Frank the Raincor out, you know, into battle. <laughs> and by the name, I, I really do hope his name is Frank so that we can call him Frank the Rank. But uh, <laughs> uh, bar none, that was probably the coolest scene I have seen this season of the Boba Fett. I, I mean, it, it, Fett. Fits, it fits what they're kind of going for, right? Like this right. And, and Boba, like the theme of the, the series has been a little different, but like this cowboy underworld outer rim style of show where you have the, the gunslingers. There's no, well, outside of the Luke and Grogu stuff, there's no force or any higher beings. It's, it's people walking into towns and taking what's theirs and, you know, using right. motor or the speeder bikes in this case with star Wars. And um, it Cad Bane just fits. And, and yes. he also has 
a ton of history with a lot of these characters. Boba, uh, Fennec Shan from the Bad Batch, maybe with Black Kersantan. There's a lot of characters that he has history with from what we know of just mm-hmm. 30 years ago. Who knows what's happened in those past 30 years and what he's been doing. But for him to be working for the Pikes, that's terrifying because the Pikes are no slouches. And now that they no. have someone like Cad Bane on their side, it they, they definitely have a tough task now. Did you find one of the statements a little interesting that he really like went out of his way to emphasize that Boba Fett was working with the Empire? Yes. Yes. So there was it, something it, like a disdain almost. Try, trying to like sway them and, and tell them like, sure, this guy's coming in and he wants your help, but he worked for the people who destroyed your planet for a long time. Like he, right. he was their main guy. And I wonder if that's going to come back around. I wonder if, I it, if that's like something that they're going to have to get over quickly. Um, obviously, like Fennec knows his history now, and I'm pretty sure Din does at this point as well. But someone like Cobb, who has tried to protect this town for so long and and trying to, like he said, you know, Tatooine's been ridden of violence for so long. That might be a major conflict for him to, to yeah. fight. Obviously not for Black Kersantan because Kersantan has worked for as many people as we can think of. Um, right. <laughs> for Cobb, he's not your typical bounty hunter. He's a lawman who is trying to protect his own, and that could become something that's very interesting going into the next episode. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I definitely um, think the people of Freetown are going to step up and join with Boba. I loved, I loved that like super quick line, too, of, of just making sure that we know it's called Freetown, because obviously the book's... And and yeah. where we saw Cobb Vance, just to make sure, like, oh no, it's not, it's not Mos Pelgo, it's Freetown now. We're like, okay, <laughs> cool. That that was for us, for us books fans, for sure. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to uh, since we talked about Cad Bane, let's backtrack and let's start with this um, this uh, opening uh, scene with Din arriving on this planet before we meet Grogu and Luke. But I kind of want to get to the Ahsoka part of all this. Because it is a big moment between Din and Ahsoka and kind of like the conversations that were happening between these two characters. Um, You know, Din was obviously dead set on like, I need to give this to Grogu. Like, I need to give him this gift. It's his right as a Mandalorian foundling. Um, And that line that that I keep going back to of what Ahsoka said is, are you doing this for him or are you doing this for you? And that's big. right? And and obviously we have thoughts on what's probably going to happen with Grogu after the decision that's being made with Luke. but that's big for Din because he's been in this conflict of like what he's been doing with his life since Grogu left. You know, he's obviously still thinking about him. But a lot of this season so far for Boba has been letting go of the past, right? Moving forward, becoming something different. And that stayed with the theme of what this entire series has been is you might need to let go as much as you love him and as much as you want him to be okay, he is. And it's time for you to kind of move on and and do something with your life and understand He's in good hands now. Now, it might come back around, obviously, because of that last moment. But the Ahsoka relationship between these two characters is much more prominent than I expected it to be after their first meeting. Mm-hmm. It's They know each other very well, and they, they're, they're okay saying whatever they need to say to each other. And I didn't expect her to show up in the episode at all. Like, she was the biggest surprise no. to me. Like, it, I thought the next time we were going to see her was her own series. But she plays mm. this really, really good central ground because she's not a Jedi. She plays right. in this middle ground of of where her feelings are. And she's allowed to say things like that, whereas someone like Luke probably wouldn't be able to say things like that. Um, so I, I love the counterbalance that she played to Din 
uh, before he ultimately decided to give it to her to be able to give to Grogu. And I thought it was a great addition to the episode. I agree 100%. Uh, I think that line strikes with him too, because I, I also really think that he is, look, at this point, he's been cast out and feels he is no right. longer a Mandalorian, Good call. right? Good call. Yep. And so by taking this armor to him, right, he's following up with his foundling. Like he's he's almost trying to continue to prove that he's still a Mandalorian and belongs in yep. that. And when she says that line, he just stops talking. And yeah, I think that that resonates big time uh, because I think that he's going to continue to try and prove that he's a Mandalorian. And maybe that's not the right step. Maybe he does need to let go. Maybe he does mm -hmm. need to move forward. Maybe he learns to potentially accept that he's not going to be a Mandalorian, yeah. uh, or at least in the eyes of you know his particular uh, uh, clan. So uh, I agree 100%. Ahsoka was out of the blue for me too. Um, but uh, listen, anytime I can get Ahsoka Tano, I'm going to take it. And especially love I love Res Yes. Yes. There you go. I love Rosario <laughs> Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. Uh, I love it older little more wiser she seems so wise. too she yes. seems so much wiser than we've ever met her before the way that she talks and how she like interprets things it especially in this episode she just seems like not a completely different character but almost just experience with life and and the yes. times that she has gone through well i knew if you go back and ahsoka's been through quite a bit and <laughs> You know, to have to kind of grow up in that world. Uh, yeah, yeah. How stoked were you with the line, oh, I'm a family friend? I lost it. <laughs> I that that line and also the the line that she says, because I ever since we saw her in this timeline, I've always been dreaming of seeing her with Luke and having that conversation yeah. of her of his father and and him knowing that his closest friend in the galaxy, Anakin's closest friend in the galaxy is still there and she can be there for him. And when she right. said uh, so much in, of your father in you, I was, I almost broke down in tears. Like I was like, yeah. Oh my God. Like it's actually happening. Ahsoka obviously lives a lot longer because of her species, but she can now give Luke that almost, uh, you know, uh, backstory and, and help him figure out what his father was really like, because she was yeah. able to see the best of him and, and yes. seeing Ahsoka Tano and Luke Skywalker on screen is insane to think about, but you're right. Yes. Like the line of I'm an old family friend or so much of your father in you, like, like we're, I, I'm just, I, it blows my mind that we're seeing these things. Like yes. it just, I, I can't believe that five years after return of the Jedi, you know, we are seeing Ahsoka Tano and Luke Skywalker have a conversation about Anakin Skywalker, which is just, and it, and I know a lot of people have been talking about it on screen or online, but I, it really makes me feel like we're going to be seeing Luke, Ahsoka, and a Force Ghost Anakin at some point together. Like I really Ooh. think that's a high possibility of seeing them mm -hmm. three on screen together and actually having a conversation with Hayden Christensen playing that character. And because we know that Luke has been communicating with them in some capacity, we haven't seen it. It would make sense for Ahsoka to be doing the same because of their connection. Sure. Now seeing the three yeah. of them, like that, that would be a lot to take in, but it almost feels like a necessary step to kind of get closure for all of them. Boy, I had never even considered something like that, but <laughs> I mean, Hayden Christensen's back in the fold, right? So it would make perfect sense 
Oh, damn. Mind is blown right now. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. And and also, like, I, I also, we, we expected to see Luke at some point again, because I don't think Grogu was ever going to be like a, a solidified, oh, he's gone forever. And right. when we yeah. see Grogu next, he was going to be with Luke, obviously. And so Luke, this character that they're creating five years after Return of the Jedi, and they have this this gentleman playing him, and then they have Mark Hamill helping him with the voice and everything. I kind of really enjoy how they're just like kind of splattering him in spaces that we really need him. Maybe he shows up here. He shows up there. Now I'm interested in what happens with him once Grogu leaves, because I'm in the belief that he'll choose the chain mail. He'll go with Din um, and whenever that decision is officially made. But I'm interested in if we'll ever see Luke again, or if he's kind of going to be like this constant through all of these series where he starts to pop up with all these different characters. Cause it's really a blank canvas with him. We don't know what he had been doing for so long. Right. Agreed. And you've got a good, what, 16 years to be able to play around with before, you know, <laughs> yeah. the events of Kylo becoming a dick. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, it, there is a lot of possibilities with Luke Skywalker. I, I truly believe that at some point there is going to be like one episode in one of these series where everyone is together in it. Agreed. Um, Agreed. I mean, they're certainly teasing it that way. I am in the same boat as you. I absolutely think Grogu's taking the Neithril and uh, is going to. Come on. His new Naboo Starfighter has a fucking <laughs> Grogu pod in the back. Like, let, wait, let, let's talk about it. Let, let's just let's talk about the whole decision with Luke and, and how everyone's been talking about. Like when they built the ship, there was clearly a foreshadowing of the extra pod in the back. That was meant for a droid, but has been put over with a cap because he has a little green friend. Um, it it clearly he's going to be taking the chainmail. How big of yeah. a conflict it will be for him, I don't know. Does he take the lightsaber with him? I don't know. But it mm. just kind of makes sense story wise for him to do it to him for him to go yes. back to Din because as much as Ahsoka did tell him to let go, they are pretty much hooked into the ch- the, the hip because of that whole Mandalorian foundling, like it's a big deal to right. him. And it's not something that he can just let go of because that's, that's his culture. As much as Ahsoka, who was a former Jedi is telling him, you need to let go of the past. That's not something he can do. Like you said, the previous episode, the Jedi are the opposite of what they are. Like loyalty right. is their thing. And, and for him to just let go of it is going to be very hard in that moment. Sure. But if Grogu makes the decision, that's a whole different story. Din's not making it for him. Grogu made the decision on his own. Now, the whole decision yeah. that Luke gave him is something we can definitely discuss because it's clearly not the right way to go about it. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, come on. What? Despite the fact that Grogu is, what, 50 years old? Like, what kid doesn't <laughs> want a freaking lightsaber? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I agree. And uh, there was that moment when Grogu saw the Naboo Starfighter flying off and reached out. Yep. He obviously yep. has that huge attachment. Um, it, uh, Ahsoka had said the same thing to uh, to Din as kind of a way to like get him to shoo off. Like, listen, he has a huge attachment. To you. He misses you. Like, yeah. These are not traits a Jedi should have, you know. And her line to him that like when he says, "Well, he's a he's a Mandalorian foundling," she says, "Well, maybe he's a Padawan." Like that is a perfect way to be able to turn Din around. But listen, if Grogu chooses the chain metal. Din will be there in yep. three parsecs to pick yeah. him up. Put him in the back of the pod, right? Yep. 
And the, yeah, those two are going to live happily ever after. Uh, you know, and I, I do think him unlocking additional force abilities. I like how Luke had kind of said he wasn't teaching him more so as he was remembering. I yeah. do think that adds a little bit of interest into what he could potentially be capable with in the hands of a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and together as Grogu grows up with Din, like, could this be a partnership of some sort, right? It's tough because I, I don't know if he takes you out as a lightsaber. Uh, I, I mean, man, it, I obviously want to see him with lightsaber. Like that that would be the ultimate. I, yes. I, it, it, I would love to see him with a lightsaber. I just, if he does have these abilities and, and him now, like you said, unlocking them with the help of Luke and remembering, instead of learning, he's remembering what he was capable of. I see that. Right as a very hard sign of him not being able to let that go in any capacity. Like if he's in a moment mm-hmm. of a battle or something, he's going to want to use it. He's, he has it. He's going to want to use it. Now he could have that, but also shoot a blaster, but it would make more sense for me to have for, for Din to have the blaster and maybe the dark saber. And then Grogu have the lightsaber and kind of have be, like you said, a partnership where they're working together and, and they're bringing two cultures together Maybe not like two full cultures, but two cultures in their own separate ways together and mm. eventually down the road being like Mandalore or or helping rebuild what their culture is in the Mandalorian way. I don't know, but I, I've seen a lot of people talk about it. And I'm as I talk about it more, I do feel like he'll find a way to get the lightsaber or mm. maybe Luke gives it to him. Maybe Luke's like, you know what, you know, you have. You, you clearly have something and maybe I need to to get back off my horse of choosing one or the other. And and maybe this is the way to start something new for the Jedi. And and maybe and obviously we know in The Last Jedi, he had said that he made a lot of mistakes, but maybe this isn't one of the mistakes. Maybe he did make a decision yeah. of, you know, take this with you, protect yourself. Uh, you know, you have these abilities, use them and and, you know, bring forth what the Jedi before us have. So it's interesting. It's it's a very interesting, complicated decision that he does have in process of how it's going to go down do you think that we see it happen in the next episode or do you think we see it happen in mandalorian season three i think i I think we got our grogu for you know our grogu fix for right now and uh, i do think that we'll see it in the beginning of next season and that's when you were kind of explaining like your luke theory right now it does actually it led me to a couple of things. One of the uh, one line that Luke had particularly said in the episode was that the galaxy was a dangerous place mm-hmm. and that he would teach Grogu how to protect himself. Maybe teaching Grogu how to protect himself is handing him the lightsaber uh, after he chose, you know, the Neithril vest. Um, sorry, I know I'm referencing Lord of the Rings. If nobody no, gets no, no, that, you're fine. I'm sorry, you're but I'm sure fine. if you're listening to this show, you absolutely <laughs> understand a Lord of the Rings reference. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I also, I mean, this is Luke's first attempt with a student, and yeah. this isn't exactly like you're getting him fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grogu is a broken individual, right? Uh, he obviously ages slower, so he still cannot physically speak. Um, obviously, he can communicate through the Force, but that's a whole different ballgame. But also, Grogu, Luke full-on witnessed him during Order 66. That's or at least Grogu. flashback yes comes back and i'm still curious who saves him yeah me too me too i, yeah. I know so there, there's a lot of possibilities obviously someone like uh jocasta new 
um, who we knew who who was alive after Revenge of the Sith. She or she did make it out inside the comics. We saw her run in the comics. So that's possible for her. Um, a lot of people now are pointing to someone like Barris Afi because of the symbol on the mm. wall was her symbol. Um, and at the time, oh, from yeah. what we know, she was actually in prison at the temple. And there's a good chance that she could have gotten out. Um, and I've even seen people throw the crazy theory that somehow it was Mace Windu, uh, which I don't believe oh. for a second. Um, but it it really is a big question of of who because they're clearly keeping it a bit pretty big secret right at the moment. We would this yeah. might have been a good chance to to show it, but if they're not going to show it now, um, maybe it is someone bigger that that we haven't thought of or someone that's actually important to what they're doing down the line. It's also a question of like that happened 30 years ago. What has happened to Grogu in those 30 years before Din got him? Yeah. Like did did that person lose him or did Grogu go off on his own somehow? Was he stolen? Like like what it, there's so much time and story mm. to tell after Order 66 of what happened to him. But you're right about the flashback like Luke saw that he experienced it and and knowing like what had happened to the previous Jedi and even knowing that his father was a part of it, it's probably a big deal for it. Like we, we obviously yes. didn't see that on, see him deal with that, but I'm sure that was something for him to deal with. I thought the flashback was brilliant. Uh, yeah. I thought it looked great going back to order 66 as terrible as it was. It's always cool to see on screen because we get yes. so many different perspectives because there were thousands of Jedi thousands right. of them. And each time we see it, we see new Jedi and we saw three new Jedi in this in this uh, flashback. An even cooler part, another Easter egg, is that it was the 501st Legion that mm -hmm. shot them down, which to us, for the Clone Wars fans, we know them very, 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 very well. Um, they, they were pretty much the main part of that series. So right. uh, it, it hits with a lot of people and, and seeing Grogu go through that. I'm sure at some point we might see like a full-fledged flashback scene of not broken memories, but like, a moment where he fully experiences it again and we get to see whoever does save him. But yeah, I it's, it's interesting, man. It's, it's still up in the air very heavily for me. I'm leaning mm -hmm. towards the Barisafi part just because of that Easter egg in that scene, but it could have easily been, you know, a street that takes you in a completely different direction to make you think one thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I agree a hundred percent. The order 66 is shitty as it is for the Jedi. It's still fascinating. <laughs> you know, uh, from an outsider, non-Jedi perspective. Um, but uh, I do agree 100%. I really do hope that we get a uh, extended uh, visual of how Grogu, like how it started for him. Obviously, these three Jedi were trying to protect him. Yeah. Like it wasn't just obviously defending themselves. Like they were specific in that position, defending him. Um, yeah. And I am super curious to see who ends up saving him. And absolutely. I mean, who knows how old he was, but yeah, it's 30 years ago, you know, that this, that this purge occurred and what the hell has Grogu been up to? <laughs> Obviously he wasn't in the empire's hands. Yeah. Gideon exactly. wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have made a point to continue to hunt this, you know, creature. So exactly. yeah, I, I am fascinated like to get a Grogu, origin story <laughs> well and it's it's funny that like as we're talking about it, i'm thinking to myself last week's episode has really made me appreciate the whole like 
sidebar episode, if you will, where it doesn't have to be about what's happening at this specific moment. And what you can do with these quote unquote shared universes is you can tell four episodes, especially in TV, four episodes of this story. Then you can take a quick sidebar on something and then get back on track. Eventually, what if in Mando season three, one of the episodes is a completely dedicated flashback episode of that moment where from Mm. beginning to end, we see his journey through Order 66 and wherever he and that character end up. And then we catch back up on the next episode. I I wouldn't be against that whatsoever because it would fully be able to tell us what has been happening to this character, what he's been doing, who he was with, how he ended up where he was, instead of just doing it in like flashback pieces. Like I don't want the Boba Fett effect of the back to tank. I want, yeah. like you said, an extended part. And maybe the way of doing that is a full-fledged episode. Oh, it would be legit. I mean, they, they, in the Mandalorian season one, they kept doing the flashbacks of, you know, how Mando was, you know, his family was killed, how he was, you know, became a foundling with, but I I love that idea. I mean, this season with the book of Boba Fett kind of almost allows you that freedom with seasons going forward. You've already done it. Yep. You've already, you know, people have already been like, okay, we're going to get Boba Fett for less than 30 seconds. It's okay. Fuck it. These (laughs) new Star Wars series, we can have these types of like flashback sequences or just episodes of either A, another character that's somehow linked to this story or B, these primary characters, you know, Grogu or Din Djarin absolutely have an extended, you know, backstory episode for that. That would be fantastic. I love that idea. Let's call Disney right now and pitch this. Exactly. I hope they're watching. Uh, I mean, we've seen we've seen plenty of other <laughs> TV shows do it. There's every TV show at some point has done an episode on this specific character or this specific story. And who's to say that Star Wars can't do the same? Like we saw it last right. week. You know, obviously last week kind of buried into this week a little bit, but last week was very much a deviate from what was happening in Boba Fett at that moment in time. Um, so. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's very possible that we could see something like that. I think it'd be great for them. And just imagine seeing Order 66 with the technology of what they're doing with the volume and 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 having Dave Filoni on board to tell it, who was so well-versed in that time period. It, it would be pretty brilliant for us Star Wars fans. And I feel like most people would be pretty blown away by the fact of that, for sure. Oh, I bet that's... Right on the top of the list under Cad Bane for Dave Filoni, right? <laughs> so he got to check that box and he's just like, all right, John, you know, Absolutely. sometime next year. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. Um, okay, so we covered we covered the decision. Um, we covered Cad Bane. We talked a little bit about Din and Ahsoka. Uh, how about the training stuff with Grogu? Did you appreciate kind of like the the Empire Strikes Back parallels that were happening, the comparisons, or would you have rather seen a little bit of a different style from that? Um, I was, look, Luke doesn't know better than what he's already done, right? It's not like, yeah, it's not like Luke grew up in the Jedi testers that were, you know, teaching him different various styles. Luke has had one master, yep. right? And that is Yoda. And this is how he trained. So now he is training essentially Yoda's, I don't know, counterpart, relative essentially, species. Yeah. 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 And so he, he knows no other way. And so knowing that, but also being, you know, the kid growing up wanting to be Han Solo, of course I appreciated <laughs> that sequence. <laughs> now, like my wife is not a 
she has seen all of the Star Wars movies. She's not the like catch it. Oh look, hey, there's the blue backpack. Oh look, he did yeah. the flip. Yeah, you know. Uh, and so I'm saying, oh my gosh, he did the flip. Oh, there's <laughs> yeah. the backpack. Oh, he's wearing them like yeah. Yoda. So yeah, I think a lot of this is is definitely for you know true believers. Um, but then also, I, I, I do think that it is a fun little nod. Uh, but also pointing out the fact that this is this is all that Luke knows. You know, his first mentor Obi Wan died, right? <laughs> What he got was training in a swamp with Yoda. What he's doing with Grogu, he's training in a swamp. It's just a nicer swamp. <laughs> so, yeah, I it has sunlight. Love is that it. Sunlight is a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, and there's not weird, you know, whale creatures that are going to yes. eat your Tie Fighters on the river. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I I think it was a really nice kind of callback. We've seen it plenty of times throughout the Mandalorian and even Boba Fett this season of yeah. of like the Easter eggs you call them, but it's and even the term fan service, but it's fan service done right to where, like you said, the average fan won't know what's happening. But for us who have watched them dozens and dozens of times, we recognize it right away, but it doesn't deviate from what's happening in the story. It doesn't ruin it or it doesn't take a weird turn just to tell that specific side of it. It's still very fluid to what's happening. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think that's, Really helpful having John Favreau on the writing staff and obviously Dave Filoni, who is very well versed in all of Star Wars and how to kind of like, yeah. you know, put things on the screen, but not make it feel like you're just doing it because it's Star Wars. It all feels natural. And and like it, like you said, Luke has he he's at this point in time, he's still very, very young in the Jedi arts. Like yeah. if he was to do this, if he was living back in the Jedi Order days, like in the prequels he would still be a, a young Padawan because Padawans go for a while. And and You're he right. had to be, he had to go very quick into everything that was a Jedi just because he was one of the only ones left. And then he was right. the only one left. Um, and so he, he only knows so much and he only has so much to go off of and he learns and he makes mistakes. And clearly by The Last Jedi, we know that he makes a lot of mistakes and things happen, but that's just the way right. that things kind of happen in life in general with everybody. Um and, you know, I, I think that he's going to find his way and he'll find uh, it's the same thing kind of with I, I saw this reference somewhere I was watching. Uh, someone made the reference with with teachers in general, right, for just going into school and teaching. You you learn how to become a teacher from from a previous teacher. But right. over time, you start to find out what works best for you and kind of find your own ways in teaching. Right now, we're at this stage of Luke who is being taught things from another teacher. So he's going to take all of that and teach someone else and over time find his ways of what works best for him as a teacher. We're just not at that right. point yet. We're at the very, very early stages of him being able to teach someone. And like you said earlier, Grogu is literally his first student, his first mm -hmm. student ever. Like it's, it's going to happen. So um, I had no issue with it. It was fun. It was adventurous. It, it was a lighthearted spin on it because it wasn't Luke struggling. It was actually him teaching Grogu something, which was a nice little counter to it. Um, yeah. but yeah, I had no issue with it. So I, I thought it was a nice little addition to the episode. I, I agree. hundred percent. Loved it. Um, all right. Well, is there anything else that we missed, Mark? Do you want to talk about anything else that happened in the episode? Something important that I made? Can we talk about how, uh, Cobb Vanth somehow ended up on Arrakis in the oh, beginning of the yeah. episode? Yes. <laughs> Good call. Good call. I'm with that. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Um, and I believe you're talking about the opening episode, episode correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he, he kind of appeared out of nowhere. No speeder in sight, nothing. Pulled pulled the Cad Bane. But yeah, the spice stuff is interesting. Um, yeah. And, and that addition to Tatooine and 
Um, he he looked pretty pretty well versed with that uh, that that blaster he's got against those pikes. Um, it's I I love the pike aspect to this all. I really do, and and the spice thing too. is very interesting. Um, we've known for a long time that spice is the biggest drug in Star Wars Galaxy, and mm-hmm. now to kind of see it in the main storyline is a really cool thing to see and how powerful the pikes can really be and how Cad Bane said the syndicate, like they're not just the pikes, they're the pike syndicate, which is a big deal. Yes. Um, yes. And, and they're very powerful. And, and now they're trying to control Tatooine. And there's a lot of people who are fighting back with Cobb Vanth being one of them. I loved the line where the pike tells him it's worth more than the town. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, oh, maybe I'll retire, and then kind of yeah. shoots him along his way. Like, yeah, it's it, it, the writing on like this episode. I think is by far probably one of my favorites of the season. Uh, but also, I just I know that uh, spice, the idea of spice for Lucas was always very heavily influenced from Dune. Yeah, uh, I just wish it didn't look like it was taken straight from you it know, does the Dune. Even, it, it had like these sparkles to it too which we just yes. saw in dune it looked very similar yes i expected him to like start like hallucinating you know right there <laughs> on the spot but yeah. uh i did i did think the opening was cool and obviously i mean Cobb vanth has the best tattooing hair i've ever seen and um, it stays put which is just crazy yeah just timmy all of timothy oliphant <laughs> I, I know i'm not gonna age that well but man <laughs> I think you can age. Um, yeah, no, I, I thought that that was a cool kickoff to reintroducing his character back into this. I, I agree. It was it was a great start to the episode. Um, we saw him in the beginning. We saw him in the end. He's obviously probably going to be in the next episode. Um, and we've all been wondering, okay, when is he going to show back up? Because it's been yeah. so long since we've yeah. seen him. It, it was season two, uh, episode one was the last time we've seen him. And we, we think, you know, of course, to us, Cobb Vamp was just a side character in the Aftermath series. Uh, got a little spotlight in there about what he is doing with the armor. But when you cast someone like Timothy Oliphant, you're like, okay, well, wait a second. This isn't just something that's going to be for one episode or something like they have right. a little bit of a, of a plan with him. And I like the plan so far. He's the old, uh, uh, you know, weathered sheriff who isn't dealing with anybody's crap, plain and simple. Right. And I love seeing that in star Wars. It's such a cool thing. Mm-hmm. That I love when he taps the belt and he goes, you see this here? That means I'm the I'm I'm the sheriff of these parts. Yes. Like it's yes. such an old school look to Star Wars. I love it, um, and I, I can't wait to see more of it. The whole gunslinger vibe, that, like we mentioned, the Clintus yeah. with stuff. It just it fits with what I love seeing in Star Wars. Um, you know, the whole blaster aspect of it all. Not not all lightsabers and force stuff, but seeing this guy yeah. who doesn't wear at the moment, he doesn't have anything to protect him. I love that line too. Where yes. Din's like, oh, yes. where where Din's like, oh, it's weird seeing without the armor. How you been? And he goes, you know, I just had to get better. And I just yeah, more to, careful. I, I, yeah, that's what I, I had to get more careful. That's what it was. I had to get more careful. And I'm it's like, so good. Oh, such brilliant writing on their part to do yes. something like that. Yes, and it's just it's a simple one line that makes you think like, oh yeah, like, and, and then. Cad kind of touches on it later on the episode, and he's like, "You should have kept your armor." Yes, yes. Yeah, Wait, like, well, yeah. That is interesting. Of course, he would want to. <laughs> That's interesting because that means that the Pikes and Cad Bane have been there since Cobb had the armor. Yes, and, and that that I caught that line. I was like, "Well, wait a second. That means you've known about him for a while, and you knew that he had Boba Fett's armor, and now that you probably know 
Well, obviously, you know that Boba Fett has his armor back, and now he's probably playing all these games in his head. But that means Cad Bane's been there for a while. The Pikes have been there for a while. And he's been watching people to make sure that things aren't getting in the way. I That line was very interesting. Very, very I interesting. I think it's line. the Deadwood bartender. Keep an eye on that fucker. I think yes. he's bad. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, all right. Well, any any final thoughts on this episode, Mark, before we uh, we kind of wrap up? No, man, it was, again, this was probably my favorite episode. I I do hope that Cad Bane does not appear again this season. I understand that we're going to be maybe potentially wrapping this up, but save him, right? He obviously had, yeah, he had such an amazing introduction. And you're like, okay, nobody fucks with this guy, (laughs) right? Even if you're just a casual viewer, he comes walking in from the middle of the desert Guns down the sheriff, obliterates the deputy, and yep. then just says his piece and walks back out, mm-hmm. right? That's just a taste of what this guy is capable of, let alone the, the Pikes, right? And the Pikes syndicate. So I, I do hope it's not like a Avengers Assemble type battle next week, you know, and he's running in front and... You know, there's so much that could be had between him and especially Boba Fett. Like, Cad had a hand in training young Boba Fett. You're right. And I think that there's a lot that can be explored there. And I think he needs to be the main villain if we get a season two. Now, if there's no plans of a season two, fine. Avengers Assemble, (laughs) right? Let's get Boba on Frank the Rancor and let's do this. But I'm positive that there's going to be a Boba Fett season two. Me too. And I would love to see you've teased this guy. You've shown just a taste of what he's capable of. Those of us who have known him from extended lore obviously know this dude is a badass, right? Don't give me any more. Don't have him show up next episode. He's the main baddie. He's the guy that we got to deal with. Let's get some intimate moments between him and Boba in the next in the next season. I mean, when you put it like that, I, it's it's hard to disagree. It really is hard to disagree. Just being able to see Cad Bane in live action be an, a villain to Boba Fett for for six to eight episodes is actually pretty incredible to think about. Because um, yeah. you get you get that, and it's we've seen it in this in this season so far. But you get that old school Western feel even more because Cad Bane is literally a an outlaw, an outlaw cowboy. That's what he is, and right. Boba Fett. You know, he's, he's an ex-bounty hunter who's trying to make good on himself. But you've kind of been setting up this whole, like, I've been calling it, over the last couple of weeks, I've been calling it Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Um, you've mm. been setting up, like, this bounty hunting world. It would be weird for it all just to kind of, like, disappear after one episode. You know, and, and everything kind of comes together for next week, and then we're done. Like, I, we do need more time with Black Sand, and we do need more time with, you yeah. know, uh, uh, if someone like like we need a chance to see Bosk at some point, we do need more time mm-hmm. to see Cad Bane. Like it, you're right. There there definitely needs to be a little bit more of just a a pack punch or a punch of characters in this story with these specific characters of storylines and connections. And like you said, um, seeing those intimate moments between Cad and Boba specifically because of the history and yes. and how much connection they do have and you know we do know that it's it's been lingering out there for years but that never officially released scene between the two of them where boba did shoot cad bane and and mm-hmm. boba got the dent in his helmet 
we eventually see have to have to see that between the two of them. But like, you're right. I, I do want to see. You, you've sold me, Mark. You have absolutely sold me <laughs> on the fact that if season two comes around, I think Cad Bane does need to be the bad guy. It just makes sense. It really does. Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, it can be so much fun, but also like just so fascinating, especially both in this position of power. I mean, you hire Cad Bane with the with the Pike Syndicate, and he's not just your enforcer. Like he's going to be a general uh, amongst that rank. Right. They've seemed to have a lot of failure recently on Tatooine. Maybe Tatooine, as far as the Pike Syndicate goes, is handed to Cad Bane. And he's kind of the guy who's going to run the show here. So then you have a Daimyo. Then you have these drugs. There's so much possibility. And I love I love a good like mob story. And I love a good, you know, mob boss versus mob boss. I mean, you could really get that. But then there's just deeper ties between those two. So. Anyways, I'm done with my pitch. Uh, one last question: What did you think of the whiskey? Oh, dude, it's it's great. It is it. So look, there's there's obviously a lot of Kentucky bourbon out there in the world. Um, yeah. But I always I always resonate a little bit more with the stuff that is kind of like the oaky sensation, right? It mm. has that smoky flavor to it, and this definitely has that hint of that. Um, and bourbon is when I when I when I drink whiskey, bourbon is typically the one that I always kind of go to. It just kind of fits mm-hmm. with me a little bit sure. more as a drinker. Um, and I also always, uh, as someone who drinks it often, I always look at a bottle and how I taste it compared to the price. And it is, it it feels like it should be priced higher with how it tastes. Mm. Um, it's a really good priced bottle at at how it tastes and kind of how it feels. And it's it tastes really good when you open it, when you smell it. And then obviously when it goes down, um it, it's just that double end of everything and i i really enjoyed it it's a, it's a really 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 good call i do highly recommend also trying the dark rye uh it's just a unique almost like they made it with like molasses it's yeah it's it's quite good yeah uh, i would okay. absolutely give that a shot no I, i'm definitely gonna look into it after i after i finish this bottle and you said that the the dark rye goes well with cocktails if i'm not mistaken right it's a great old fashioned. If I don't know if you make old fashions at home I anytime. Yeah, this is this is definitely a completely like different tasting old fashioned than what you would get with like a rye or just a standard bourbon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's worth a shot and absolutely mix it up. Uh, I was given it as a gift and was like, oh, when I got it, I actually was like, oh, I liked the like just straight up Basil Hayden bourbon. And then tried it and made an old fashioned with it. I was like, okay, this is, this is pretty sweet. So. <laughs> I will keep that in mind. I'll definitely keep. I don't have a lot of rise on myself, so I'll definitely I'll look into that as I go to the store next. So, um, all right. Well, Mark, this has been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate you taking some time and joining me. I will definitely have you back at some point because it's an absolute blast oh, to talk to you. Um, but before we go, I don't know if there's anywhere people can people can find you online. Maybe Twitter. Any spaces that you want to plug? Anything like that? Uh, I mean, look, you can find me at Big Moose Haas on Twitter. Um, honestly, anytime I, I do a show, I always just pitch a uh, charity of some sorts. Um, and my charity of the month is the uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, my niece, when she was younger, she has she's cancer-free now. But when she was younger, she had cancer. And the Make-A-Wish Foundation uh, did just an absolute cool thing for the entirety of the Haas household and sent everybody to SeaWorld on their dime. And we wow. got to go behind the scenes and stuff. And that's just a peak of like the capability that this organization yeah. has. And it's geared specifically towards children with cancer. So 
Uh, I can't stress enough, like any charity that you can donate to is worthwhile. But like I said, my charity of the month and possibly my favorite charity is the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Anything you can do, you can volunteer, you can just donate, you can go on like a monthly membership with them. So it, it's worthwhile. Make-A-Wish Foundation helps kids with cancer and especially helps kids that are like severely affected by cancer experience some of these things that they probably wouldn't have because they're just in such a, a bubble of uh, like pain and suffering at that time. And it really helps them get out of that. So Mega Wish Foundation. Jake, dude, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been great, man. Yeah, yeah no, it's I, been great talking with you. I just need a place to, to drink whiskey and talk Star Wars. I don't need a reason. So thank you so much, man. You found one here. I'm happy to have you anytime. I appreciate you stopping by, hanging out with me for a little bit, man. And I'll definitely have you back. Everyone in the chat who's watching, uh, I appreciate you guys for watching. Everyone watching on the replay, uh, you know, thank you so much for supporting the channel. Uh, you can find me everywhere. I'm all kinds of places, everybody. You see enough of my face. You guys know where I'm at. So again, thank you for checking it out and uh, have a great weekend, everybody.